This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, Amen. St. Peter and St. Paul, the two biggest, most famous apostles. That's who we remember tonight. And as we do so, the introit says this, I will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame. The words of that introit perfectly embody the ministries of Saints Peter and Paul. Saint Peter and Saint Paul did exactly that. They spent their life preaching the gospel. They spent their life confessing Christ. They spent their lives traveling from place to place, telling people the truth about Jesus. St. Peter and St. Paul did this as apostles who had personally witnessed all that our Lord had done. Take St. Peter Specifically, St. Peter preached God's word faithfully on Pentecost with thousands of people gathered together. St. Peter preached multiple times to Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, calling to repentance those who had crucified Jesus. St. Peter preached to those who had gathered on the Temple Mount after he had healed a man born lame. St. Peter preached deadly law to Ananias and Sapphira who had lied to God. St. Peter preached the beautiful gospel to Cornelius and his family. And as one final testimony to his faith in Jesus Christ, you could say St. Peter preached as he was crucified upside down in Rome. A final testimony that he would not back down on what he said about Jesus. St. Paul did exactly the same. St. Paul likewise preached God's word. He preached God's word shortly after his conversion to the people in Damascus. St. Paul preached with Barnabas in the city of Antioch. It even became the center of the Christian church at that time. St. Paul preached on the island of Cyprus. He preached to the Athenian leaders on the Areopagus in Athens. St. Paul preached to Roman governors, Sergius Paulus, Felix, Festus, Agrippa, and more. The church fathers even tell us that St. Paul preached face to face with the perverted emperor Nero himself. Just like Peter, as a final testimony that he believed what he said and that he would not back down, Paul the Apostle was beheaded in Rome 
around the same time that Peter was crucified. These two men fulfilled, at least in part, the words of our introit. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame. Peter and Paul laid a foundation that Christians have built upon throughout the ages. We continue in their footsteps, proclaiming God's word in its truth and purity, unashamed of what the Christians who came before us proclaimed as true. We boldly tell people that sin is real. And we boldly tell people that there's forgiveness for sins through Jesus Christ. We confess the truth of God's word. We carry on in the vein of Peter and Paul. We speak, and we're not supposed to be ashamed. But I know that in this modern day and age, that can be a hard task, can't it? In our world today, so much of what God's word says is true is also decidedly unpopular with the people around us. In today's world, the testimonies of God are often looked down upon. In fact, many people in our world today don't even believe that the scriptures are true. And so they wonder why you keep on talking about them. Many today find the scriptures to be offensive, wrong, false. And if you say anything from scripture, they might become violent with you. They might be riotous against the truth of God's holy testimonies. God's word is not popular. Take, for example, the Sixth Commandment. It is clear God created marriage as a good gift. And God despises every sort of perversion of marriage, whether it is any type of fornication, homosexuality, transsexuality, pornography, or polygamy. God's word is clear on what the Sixth Commandment says and what it means. And we Christians, if we are going to speak the testimonies of God, are tasked with saying the same thing God's Word says to condemn the perversions of the world, to speak up about Jesus. So do we? Well, often when we talk about those things with people, we're ashamed to speak the truth. Might just stay completely quiet 
After all, if we say what God's Word says, we might lose friends. We might lose job opportunities or even our own job. Plus, talking about those sorts of things makes us kind of uncomfortable. Aren't those things private things? Why should we talk about them at all? In fact, in our world today, if we speak the truth of God's word on the sixth commandment, we might be verbally assaulted. We might be called hateful. We might be canceled from society. We might even depending on how the politics of the world go, depending on how the politics of our own town go, be fined or arrested. And so, often, we stay silent. How about the fifth commandment? It, too, is clear. God gave life as a good gift to all humanity. And we, as believers in God, are to uphold God's good gift of life. But, if we speak against abortion or euthanasia, or any other life-taking process that has been mainstreamed among us, we risk worldly shame again. If we speak God's truth, people might line up outside of our church and scream at us, as happened at several churches in Lincoln this past Sunday. If we speak the truth of God's word, we might get canceled. We might be mistreated. They might even spray paint our building or burn it to the ground. Friends or family might stop talking to you, might call you hateful, Family reunions might become uncomfortable. And so, we stay silent. If none of those major headline issues affect your life, perhaps this much more personal one will. The third commandment. I mean, think about our congregation. On the books, we have around 700 members, many of whom we know and we love. But on the average Sunday, only about a third of them come to church. I'm not talking about shut-ins or those who are sick. I'm talking about people who are members that haven't been here in years. We as Christians ought to care about them, about their absence. We ought to call them up on the phone, proclaim the testimonies of the Lord to them, invite them to return. 
Invite them to come and eat and drink from our altar. And it's not just inactive members. We have friends and family who we ought to invite to church as well. But it's an uncomfortable conversation, isn't it? Often we're ashamed to talk to these people. After all, they might have a valid reason not to be in church. We might offend them. They might think that we believe we're holier than them. They might accuse us of sending them to hell. Those who are especially mad might try to recruit us to another congregation. Who knows what else? Rather than speak God's word of truth in the third commandment, so often we stay silent. What more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of the other seven commandments against which all people sin and against which we often are ashamed to speak the truth of what God says. We fail to confess. We fail to speak. We act as if we're ashamed of God, of our congregation, of the hope that fills us. Why? Why are we ashamed of what God says? Why are we so meek, so mild, So quiet. Why do we think a mere bumper sticker that says, I'm a Christian, is enough? Is that how Paul or Peter converted? Is God real? Yes. Is he God? Yes. Does God lie? No, absolutely not. So is his word true? Absolutely it is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into heaven except through Jesus. Why are we ashamed? Why are we silent? Why is having these conversations so uncomfortable? Because of our sin. Yes, we're sinful. And because of our sin, often we're more afraid of the world than we are of God. 
Oftentimes we love the ideas of the world more than we love the word of the Bible. We like the ideas of today, the politics of the day, the power and the prestige and the money of today. We like these things more than Jesus. More than God. And so, we're silent. Peter and Paul were not. They preached boldly, publicly, before kings and rulers and governors. We're ashamed to even talk to our neighbor. And so, we need to repent. We need to repent of our sin. Repent of being ashamed of God and His Word. Repent of our silence that echoes loudly in this fallen world. We need to repent of fearing men more than we fear God. Doesn't Jesus say, don't fear those who can kill the body? Fear him who can kill both body and soul in hell forever. We must repent and turn to Jesus again so that our sins may be blotted out. Dear Christian, hear now the words of St. Peter as are recorded for us in the Holy Scriptures, as he testifies about Jesus. All of these words are for him, from him. Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God and crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And what's more, God raised Jesus up, loosing the pangs of death forever. Everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In fact, there is salvation in no other name under heaven given among men than the name of Jesus by which we must be saved. St. Peter preaches to you word for word. And so too does St. Paul. Here again, words directly from the pages of Scripture. He speaks about Jesus, saying, Through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by Jesus, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses alone. 
the times of ignorance in the past, God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For all are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of your works that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we might walk in them. Thus, St. Paul's words, word for word, for you. Peter and Paul still unashamedly preach to you. They preach forgiveness of sins to you. They strengthen your faith. They give you boldness, both by their words and by their example, so that you too, dear Christian, may speak God's testimonies before men, so that you may be unashamed, just as Peter and Paul were. The truth is this. In Christ, even if the world cancel you, even if the world shame you, even if the world verbally assault you, even if the world spray paint your home or burn it down, even if the world kill you, you have victory. In Jesus Christ. You have eternal life. In Jesus Christ. And on the last day. He will put all things right. The way they ought to be. As St. Paul says. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Christian, be unafraid. Be bold. Speak God's testimonies before men unashamedly. That's how Christians act. That's what Peter did. That's what Paul did, because our victory is in Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, 
By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it. <laughs>